I'd like to say good morning and happy Father's Day to those that are, uh, that are here with us, those that are watching, those that are listening, and kids are dismissed to Kids Club because we want them to be able to have some fun as well today, not that they're not having fun. Hope you have your Bibles. This service, this sermon, I believe, can absolutely change your life. It can absolutely change your life if you can get a hold of it. Let me run a disclaimer before I ever get started. I'm preaching on money. I, I want you to look at me, and when I say this, I am preaching on money. I am not buying a new jet. I am not buying a new house. I'm not buying a new pair of shoes. There is none of this that I am trying to do for me to prosper as a pastor. The goal of this sermon is to help you on the revelation that God has given me about money and about how you can prosper. Here's the key. If you don't believe that God wants you to prosper, then you can go ahead and beat the Presbyterians to Shoney's. You are dismissed. Everybody stay good. Okay, so we're all in agreement that we believe that God wants us to prosper. So, because it's the Word of God. I've, I've spoken on this in our, um, in our Thursday class this past week, our Extreme Faith. One of the things that I have challenged um, that, that group of people, I, I've looked out at them and I've said, I said, tell me uh, what you want your faith to do for you. And, and a lot of them have said, you know, see uh, uh, salvation of family members. Others have said, well, I want to be debt-free. And then I would look back and I would say, well, how, how do you do that? How do you become debt-free because of your faith? Now, understand something that, and this is the title of the message, that your faith demands more. Your faith demands more. That's the title of the message. Your faith demands more. It is important that you understand that it is, everyone has a measure of faith. Everyone has a measure of faith. The Bible says that. Understand that your spirit needs nothing. Your spirit is perfect. It needs nothing. There is nothing that your spirit needs. Uh, it is whole. It is healed. It is well. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing ever been wrong with it. When you come into Jesus, there's nothing that's ever been wrong with it. And, and, and moving forward, what you have to do is you have to kill the flesh. Put the flesh into some subjection to the Holy Spirit and allow him to have his way. Faith does demand action. Let me give, give you some examples. In 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 14, it's on the screen. So Naaman went down and he dipped himself into the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall, uh, shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. See, it was one thing for him to, to, to have the faith that he, he could be healed, but then there was an action that went along with that. What was that action? Was to dip himself into the Jordan seven times. Why did he have to do that? I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. But it's obedience. There's an action that goes with that. In John chapter 9, verse 7, And said unto them, Go wash into the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came clean. And he could see. Now think of this guy that he's healed. Uh, Jesus spit in, his, in the dirt and he put it in his eyes and he, and he told him to go wash in the 
pool of Siloam. Now imagine a blind man who's never seen going down to going downtown to the and going to the place where the pool of Shalom was, and, and nobody helping him. Uh, but yet he goes uh, to the pool of Shalom and and he's set free. See, there was an action that went along with the faith. So see what you ha- can't not, what you can't do is this: you can't say, "Okay, God, I have the faith." That you are going to make me debt free. I am going to. I'm, I have faith, God, that that you are going to uh, allow ends to meet. I, I am going to have faith in you, God, that you are going to to move miraculously in my home uh, financially. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit, God, and I am going to sit on the couch of do nothing, and I'm going to mess with the remote, and every day I'm not going to work, and I'm going to watch um, as the stomach turns and as the world turns, as we used to call it. Uh, my grandmother, when she would come and stay with us, we had to watch those every, um, what was some of the other ones? Days of our lives. See? Sam went home every day and watched Days of Our Lives, so he knew. So anyway, no, I'm just teasing. So I I can sit here with the remote all day with faith that God's going to move. But then the Bible tells us that a man that won't work is worth than an infidel. So, So here's the thing. We have to work because of the curse. Are you with me? We have to work. It is important that we work. If we want to have things, we have to work. Now, I have a business degree. One thing that I believe that will work is if nobody charges for anything, then you wouldn't have to work. It's simple. But we have something called greed. And greed tends to rule the world, so to speak. What I am teaching you today and what I'm going to help you today is that Jesus gave many commandments that required action for the end result. <coughs> The question is, what are you planning to do to reduce your debt and to become self-sufficient? What are you going to do? Let me give you the definition of poverty. Poverty is a state of being extremely poor. Let me define debt. It is something typically dealing with money that you owe or that is due. I want to encourage you That God wants to help you to not be in poverty because you are a child of the Most High God. And I believe that poverty is a curse. I believe that God did not want anybody poor, anybody broke. Although the Bible says that the poor would always be with us. And yes, it's because they can't seem to get the revelation on on how to, to do what God is saying. Oh, he's helping me. Poverty is a curse. There, people say that I, I'm broke. People say I don't have money. People say that, you know, I, I, I cannot, uh, there's, there's too much month left at the end of the money. And, and, and I cannot seem to figure out how to make it. Let me tell you something. My accountant, I have an accountant, had him for years. And the reason why I've had an accountant, because I looked across the table at him one time. And I said, David, I said, uh, I want you to keep me straight. He says, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, being a pastor, I said, I don't want to to do anything wrong that is negligent. 
I want to always do things ethical and straight. I don't want to ever do something wrong. And I says, you know the rules. You know how it works. And, and I will call David when I have an idea or when I say, I say, can I do this or can I do that? Let me tell you something. There's too many preachers in the pulpit that are taking advantage of the people in the pews and are racking up money. And I think that's wrong. I think there's too much Hollywood in the pulpit. I mean, there's preachers, there's preachers that are, that are not far from here. Within three or four hours, you can't even get an appointment with them. You can't even see them. And here's the thing that really bothers me about it. It's like people won't tie to the local church, but they'll give to the, to the minister on TV. Well, let me tell you something. You call him when you're in the hospital. See if he'll come see you. <coughs> I'm not against TV evangelists because I am one. We're on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes. We're on all this stuff, but so are a lot of other preachers. And who would have ever thought that technology would be where it is today? I want to encourage you not to be in poverty. Now, I gave an example in our group uh, on, on, Wednesday, on uh, Thursday this past week, and, and I, took, uh, I took $30 that I had in my hand. I had $30 in my hand. And I said, and I, and, I gave it, uh, and I gave it to someone in the class, and I said, here, I bless you in Jesus' name. You know where a lot of that came from? I have this little change thing that's in the middle of my, uh, of my console of my car. And um, I stopped by the bank the other day, and I saw they had one of those self-service machines and and so I went in there and I thought oh it doesn't cost me anything because I'm a customer and I dropped it in there and, and I'll tell you what there's all kinds of money in it don't tell Christy where it is but I want to tell you that there there's this console thing in the middle of my car and and, and don't tell Lindsay now John I, he's all right but don't, don't don't tell either one of them but but here's the thing there was money there, and, and so I took that $30 out, and, and I, I added, had to add some to it because it was about 12 so I added a little bit of money to it, and I gave it to somebody in the group. <coughs> and I said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. You say, well, you're pumping yourself up. No, I'm giving you an example. It was only And I said, now, you know what you do with that $30? I said, you tithe it. What is 10% of $30? $3. $3. Andy Stout prayed a prayer one time. I think it was at the Mud Fork Church. It may have been here. He prayed over the offering one time. I never forgot this. He said, Lord, you're so gracious that you allow us to keep 90%. Isn't that so good that God allows us to keep 90%? You can say, well, you know, preacher, you can preach on tithing all you want to, but I'm not going to give you anything. Well, I, let me tell you something. I want you to understand something. And people have told me this in 30 years of preaching because what they'll do is they'll try to hold money over your head and they'll say, well, if you don't do it my way, then I'm going to take my tithe and I'm going to leave. Church, it ain't your tithe. It's God's tithe. It ain't your money, it's God's money. And, and my accountant looked across the table at me one time because I was having a rough, a rough go at it, and I told him, I said, I said, I just don't know what to do. He looks at me and he says, let me tell you something, John. He said, your job is not your source. 
And he yelled at me. He said, your job is not your source. He said, God is your source. God has always been my source, and he will always be your source. Isn't that good? But I think that there are people in the church that are ripping God off. You say, well, what do you mean you're ripping God off? There are commandments throughout the Bible, and one of them is to give. So if we don't give, what are we doing? So look around. The Bible tells us that. He tells us that if we don't give, we're like a thief. So look around. You're fellowshipping in the church with thieves who don't tithe. We'll say, well, preacher, that's me. No, it's the word of God. Look it up. You say, well, I can't afford to tithe. Oh, baby, I can't afford not to. Because let me tell you something, what God will do. God can supernaturally, it, it's a supernatural thing. I'm trying to get you to understand in this church that your walk is not a physical walk, but it is a spiritual walk. It is a spiritual walk, and God can supernaturally save your soul. Then he can supernaturally cause your tires to run a little longer on your car. He can cause the fuel to, bur- to not burn as much. And for he, he can cause you, uh, he can even speak to your kids to turn the lights off when they're not in the room. Just trying to be a blessing and to help. God can super. I've had him. I, I was driving home from Gasaway one day, and, and gas was cheaper at that time in Scott Depot. You, you never know unless you look up Gas Buddy on your app, and it'll tell you where the gas is cheaper. Sometimes it's cheaper in Gasaway, sometimes it's cheaper in, in Scott Depot, back and forth. You don't know. So I left work. Had just enough to get to back home to Scott Depot. You know, Dad always taught us in the wintertime, don't go below a half a tank. You know, keep it about below half a tank. So it was spring right into, you know, winter right into spring type thing. And, and so there was a car wreck on the interstate. And I was about institute, and, and if you know where that is, it kind of goes up a hill, and my fuel light comes on. And I'm thinking, I'm stuck in traffic. Now, understand something. And I'm not being critical if you have. But I've never run out of gas before. And the reason why I've never run out of gas before is because there's this gauge that says fuel. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. But, but there's a, a gauge that says fuel. And, and when the light comes on and it's screaming for you to get gas, you, you think, oh, I can go just a little bit longer. Well, you know, sometimes you can't. I had a buddy of mine that's been my best friend for, uh, for ever since we were in grade school. He calls me the other day. His name is Tim. Uh, good morning, Tim. I know you're not listening. So you got to be real careful when you're broadcasting on Facebook because if you talk about somebody, they may hear it. But as long as you say, bless their heart, then you're good. So Tim calls me on the phone. He's 50 years old, just like I am. And he says, where are you? I said, I'm in Canole City. He said, I've run out of gas. <laughs> I said, you kidding me? I said, where are you? He said, I'm at, you remember the old barracks there beside the old uh, Sears building? He said, I'm right there. He said, I, I just, he said, I run out of gas. And, and he said, I've got a, a gas uh, can. He, he said, can you come by and get me? And, and 
I said, well, you're going to have to order an Uber and I'll, then I'll come and get you. You know, even friends, it shouldn't be for free. So anyway, I go get him and I take him to the, and, and I'm just laughing. And I said, how many cars do you have? He's got a whole bunch of cars, a bunch of Cadillacs and different things. And I said, and you run out of gas. I saw something supernaturally take place in my car when I prayed. I said, Lord, I am going to run out of gas. And I said, I repent for my negligence. I should have got gas when I was in town. I didn't know the wreck was, you know. And I supernaturally saw the needle on my fuel gauge rise. You say, you're out of your mind. Well, maybe so, but I saw it rise. Now, God didn't fill it up, but he could have. But all I asked him, Barb, was for just enough gas for me to get home. I remember one time, our ice maker was messed up. Christy had already spent two or $300 on trying to get it fixed, and, and they've come back two or three times to fix it. They couldn't get it fixed, and I went over and I prayed for that, that ice maker to start working. Immediately when I prayed, it dropped ice. It worked like that for quite a while. And then I fixed it finally, and guess what? It cost $25. I ordered the part on Amazon. They brought it to me, and I put it in there. And it's been making ice ever since. And you know what I do? Every time in my conscience when I hear that ice drop or when I hear that ice maker start working or I hear the water drop or this kind of thing, you can ask my kids or my wife, sometimes I'll go, thank you, Jesus. I haven't even got to the good part yet. We don't want to be in debt. I don't want to be in debt. But I can't sit around watching TV and, and expect the, the debt just to walk away. Yeah, God can send somebody who, who's got money and they can hand it to me. But nobody's ever done that before. I know preachers that they're walking down the street and people are handing money. Nobody's ever done that for me before. Not that I ever want it. But if you're watching on Facebook and you want to know where I'm going to be so you can do that, I'll tell you, just text me. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17 and 18, it says this. And thou, and thou say in thy heart, my power and my might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. In verse 18, it says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get what? Wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which is sweared in the fathers as it is this day. So who gives the power to get wealth? God. So let me tell you something. If you're walking through this life and you're saying, oh, poor old me, <coughs> you're being disobedient. Because the word of God, look what it says. He says, God can be the one to get wealth. Now, who, who depends on, uh, on what that wealth is? You know, it could be um, you could pay off your house. Uh, you, you can, you know, buy a new car or, or all this kind of stuff. But understand something. As I shift gears here for a moment. Understand something is that sometimes the raise that you get in your job, 
Sometimes the extra money that you get for your birthday or you get for your anniversary or you get for graduation or you get for this or you get for that, it may not be so that you can go buy stuff, but it may be so that you can help the kingdom of God and use it for the kingdom of the church. People say, well, oh, I got a raise, so, uh, so therefore I got this raise, so now I can buy the boat, or now I can buy this, or now I can go on this trip, or I can go do this. And, and, and I'm not against all that, because let me tell you something. We're, I'm, we're working on a, on, a, on a beach trip in December. I love the beach. Love to go to the beach. Love to go on trips. But we have to be obedient. Have to be obedient in our finances. Now stay with me. So God can give you the power to get wealth. If you're in sales, he can lead you to the right people that is going to cause them to buy whatever product that you're selling. And they're going to be, a, it's a supernatural thing. Don't do it in your power, but do it in God's power. <coughs> because God can give you wealth. It, it, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in mine house. This is God's house. And prove to me wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room for you to receive it. So what he is telling us is he's telling us to have faith, but our faith has to have action. Our faith is giving. Are you with me? Giving is faith. That's faith because you may need, you know, if you make, you know, $60,000, $70,000 a year, you know, you make $500 a week, that's 50 bucks. And you're thinking, okay, I've got to give this to the church. You should want to. You should want to bless the kingdom of God and bless fertile soil. Bless where God is moving. And he allows us, he's so gracious to allow us to keep 90%. But he tells us, not only will he rebuke the devourer because we give. You know, he can cause you to run over, run over a, a, a nail and it not hurt your tire. He can supernaturally do that. We're driving home on, on um, Friday night from the road to Damascus. And I noticed that as we were driving up the road, Thomas isn't here to have that argument with me, but we were driving up to Gasaway and we were driving down to Charleston. Thomas seems to think it's up to Charleston, but it's down to Charleston. When I go flying, I fly down and I come up. So we're, we're driving, and I noticed that coming up the road, there were policemen all over the place. And, and they were, I don't know what they were doing, but there were policemen all over the place. And I noticed that going home, I go 72 miles an hour. I set the cruise, and I go 72. I drive a lot. I can't speed. You know, I, I don't want to have to Uber everywhere I go if I'm Ubering. You know, because I, my license has been taken away because I do this. So anyway, we're driving, and I go... I go by Big Otter, State Trooper, and the Median. I go to uh, almost AMA, uh, Deputy Sheriff, in the Median. 
I get down to, uh, to Clendenin, and there's another one in the median. I'm thinking, what are they doing? And so I get to Elkview. And there's a little bit of traffic here and there. And the back of my car lights up like a Christmas tree. I don't know where it came from. So, first thing I do is I move out of the way. Because I'm thinking, all right, he's got his lights on, so he's going to go around me. So I get out of the way. Well, he comes with me. And I'm thinking, really? I look down, I'm going 72 miles an hour, traveling with traffic just like I'm supposed to, and, and I'm going down the road and all this kind of stuff. And so I get over again, and I'm thinking, well, you know, he's not getting this, so I move over again. Well, he comes with me again. So I thought, Christy says, he's pulling you over. And I said, for what? So he comes up. I'm sitting there, window up in the car. I don't have registration card, nothing. Uh, you know, Christy said, well, don't get that. She said, if you get that, he's going to think you're, you're guilty. So I just left it in the, in the glove box, and, and, and so he... Pecks on the window. First thing out of my mouth as I said, can you do something with them lights? I said, they are blinding me through my rearview mirror. First thing out of my mouth. I said, I can't see. My eyes are real sensitive to light. And I mean, it, you know, it got the spotlight on me, bouncing off my bald head, nappy head. And, and, and so I, I hold my, I'm, so he's talking to me while I'm doing this because it's just really blinding me. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I said, we just came from the road to Damascus in Gassaway where I pastor a church. And I says, and we're really believing God that he's going to help us to rescue people off the street, you know, drugs, alcohol, sexual addiction. I'm just, I'm, I start preaching to him, you know. And he says, well, let me see your driver's license. So I hand him my driver's license. I hear my name over the radio that he's got on, and I'm thinking, what in the world? He says, why didn't you pull over? He said, what took you so long to pull over? And I said, well, when you ain't doing nothing. That's what I told you. I said, well, you're not doing anything wrong. And I said, and the lights come on. You think it's for somebody else. And he started laughing. He said, well, let me see your insurance. And I handed him everything. I handed him my pilot's license. I handed him my, 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 I handed him my, my driver's license. And I handed him my, uh, my uh, concealed weapons permit. I just handed it all to him. Because it all come out together, you know, where I put it. He said, well, I just wanted to tell you that you've got a registration light out. And I said, I looked at him, I said, a registration light? I said, I don't know what that is. I said, a registration light. He said, it's your, he said your light is out on, on, your dry, on where your license plate is. I said, oh. I said, okay. I said, I didn't know what that was. And I said, well, I said, I'll have that fixed. I said, I'm doing inspection. I'll get that fixed. You know how the sickest feeling when, when a policeman pulls up behind you and turns their lights on? That is the sickest feeling because you could just feel your checkbook go. I mean, you just feel, you know, it's like, oh, so you get me, you get me pulled over. I start binding every demon, every devil. I say, Lord, that's it. And I walked away, I drove away and I said, I told Christy, I said, that's the most frustrating thing in the world. I said, they're drug addicts running up and down the road and they pull me over. 
Well, thank God I didn't get a ticket. And I'm not telling you to go speed because you tithed and to think that you're not going to get a ticket because you gave. Man, I can go down some rabbit trails. I could probably have you out of here a lot earlier if I just keep moving. But he said that he is going to, he is going to, to, to fill up and help you and bless you. And that you're not going to be able to contain the blessing. Now, is it always going to be a financial blessing? It may not always be. But the Bible says that he shall supply all your need according to his, what? Riches and glory. And let me tell you something. What you have to understand is Jesus was not poor. Jesus had a secretary. Jesus, although he, he, he sold him out, but yet he had a treasure. He had somebody that, that took care of the money. I, I could not imagine how, uh, how they would have felt, you know, being fishermen like they are. He says, we got to pay our taxes. He said, go down to the, go down to the, to the river and, and, and get a fish out of the, out of the, uh, the river, and uh, there'll be a coin in that fish. Now, you think of this. These guys have fished all their lives. And he's saying, and when he's walking down through there, he said, I think he's lost his mind. I'm going to walk down here. I'm going to get a fish, and then there's going to be a, going to be a, a coin in his mouth to pay their taxes. It's a supernatural thing of God blessing you. That was a supernatural thing of putting that coin in that fish's mouth. Let me give you another scripture. In Luke chapter 6, 38, it says, Given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You shall be given unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, I want to stop there because I want you to see something here. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. This is Revelation. For with the same measure. What he is saying is that what you give, I'm going to give it back. Press down. You ever press something down? Those who like to travel. Lindsay. Lindsay, one time we were going to Florida uh, for vacation, and Lindsay at that time, she's got really a lot better. Lindsay would take her clothes, whatever was laying in the floor, and she'd go, and put it in a suitcase. Well, we took the Chrysler 300 that year, and it doesn't have a huge trunk because it has a big engine, and, and, and so uh, it, she walks out, and she's got this huge luggage. And she says, don't judge me. <laughs> and, and John says, what the heck, Lindsay? He said, it's not going to fit. <laughs> he presses it down. Shaken together. That's a whole different sermon that I can't even get on today. He's going to give me a blessing that I cannot even contain. Does anybody in the house need a blessing from God? You need a financial blessing from God. Let me tell you something. God wants to bless you. But if you're stingy with God, guess what? It goes along with the scripture. 
It's right here. He says, he says this. He says, <laughs> in the scripture that I just read you, he says, for with the same measure, with the same measure, it shall be measured unto you again. You cheat him? I want you to understand something. That if you don't tithe, and you're not going to ever tithe, and you're never going to give, God's going to get his money one way or another. He will get his money because it's his, and he will get his money one way or another. But let me tell you something. What I'm amazed about is how God, I can give and maybe give a little extra, and my electric bill's not as much. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, as Sharon Wiggins used to cringe when I said this, uh, but we're going to have class precipitation today. It's like, what do you mean class precipitation? John Christopher, could you help me please? John is a recent college graduate from Marshall University. He has a business degree. You have a second degree in what? You have a minors in what? Marking and entrepreneurship. Okay, hold that right there. All right. I'll show you something. I'm going to teach you something today that I got on a revelation the other day. We know that... Um, could you write $500 across that, if you don't mind? Just $500. Yeah, just wherever, yeah. $500 so everybody can see it. Okay. Times 10, 0.10%. And then... And then draw the line and, and tell me what that is. That would be 50 bucks. Okay. You know, I could have done this, but having John up here is, is so good. Yeah, it's what your degree's for, helping your dad. But don't leave. I got, got a couple other things here. Okay, so, so if you make $500 a week, all right? Or if you make $500 every two weeks, whatever it is, your tithe on, on $500 is what? $50. Okay. What if you began to do this? And, I, and this is where I could lose some of you, and I hope I don't. But the Bible says, give and it shall be given, right? Okay. What if you give yourself out of debt? What if you give yourself out of debt? You say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? You ever heard the old saying, you can't outgive God? You can't outgive God. You ever heard the saying that we give, um, please stand, and this is more in the dignified churches, not you, stand, but please stand, and we are going to accept now your tithes and offerings. The offering is this part. 
take $500. You can write down $500 again. And let's say we're not going to give 10%, but we're going to give an extra 6%. You know what an extra... 16, you know what an extra 6% is? It's $30. We spend that on coffee and breakfast. And we spend... There are some people, church that lives on 10% and gives 90 away. What I'm saying to those who don't tithe, you shouldn't, you don't go to a restaurant and eat for free. Tell me who does. Goes to a restaurant and eats for free. You don't go to the to the place and you know manages Pizza Hut and I'm sure Ann that if I walked in Pizza Hut and I didn't have any money you would say John you know I'll take care of it and I appreciate that and I believe you would but if everybody did that you'd be in a hole I'm not saying this to bless the church I'm saying that he says, give and it shall be given. He says, test me and I will show my faithfulness to you. Let me tell you something. If you give, it shall be given no matter what you give. And some of you, let me tell you this. <clears throat> some of you may be new in this Christian walk and you don't even tithe at all. But let me tell you something. Start with 5%. Start with 5%. And work yourself up. It's like, God, I'm trusting you, but you know, I've got a lot of bills, I've got a lot of debt, and I'm, and I'm trying to get this done, trying to get this, you know, this bill paid, that paid, this paid off, this kind of thing. And, and, and so what I'm going to do, God, is I'm going to trust you. I'm going to start tithing 5%. Guess what? He will meet you at that 5%. He will meet you ex exactly where your faith is. And then you see where he's faithful. I lost my job in September of last year and I've never missed a payment. Everything is paid. If I figured out that that could be done years ago, I don't know why I even worked in the first place. I'm joking, Christy. I didn't mean that like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> God's faithful. God's faithful. Now, do I sit on the couch all week unemployed and, and not work? Oh, no. Oh, you can ask Lindsay. We were out eight hours yesterday. We worked all day long yesterday. And I'll work, I'll work this afternoon. We're going to dinner. And then after that, I'll work for three or four hours because I have a budget that I have to hit. And, and then guess what? Monday comes around, and I will tithe what I made for the week 
plus 6%. Because my God is faithful. And I want him to see that I am holding him, uh, I am holding him to his word that he is going to meet every need and that he's going to take care of every need. And, and, and then let me, let me ask you this. You know what? In, in tune, it helps two things. Number one, I am getting blessed because I'm getting out of debt. Let me tell you something. Satan wants to devour you. He wants to take you down. And if he can take you down with your finances, finances causes divorce. And don't rip off the federal government. If you're getting paid under the table, count it. Well, that's my money. It ain't your money. Pardon my grammar in the first place. It's God's money, but don't rip off because Jesus didn't. He didn't say, I'm the son of God. He said, I don't owe anybody anything because I created it. No. He said, go down. And he said, there's going to be a coin in the fish's mouth. And he said, we're going to pay Caesar. what We have to render to Caesar what is Caesar. So you're given an extra little bit. 30 extra dollars. A cup of coffee. A day. Have you ever thought about giving yourself out of debt? Giving yourself out of poverty? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Because I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. And I want you to trust God. I want you to trust God. And let me tell you something, church. I didn't tell you this for me to get rich off of your tithe. I have a very, very modest salary of this church. Barb posted something the other day. It's not the income of the pastor, but it's the outcome. It's the outcome of the pastor. And I believe you should take care of the man of God. I do. But, but, but I also think that we've got to be careful not to get rich. God's faithful. I want you to pray about that. I want you to pray about this. I'm just throwing that number out. You may start with giving, if you don't even tithe, you, you, may, start, you may start tithing 5%. 5% of your income, and God will bless you. Then as you see God being faithful, then you can give a little more. Give a little more. Give a little more. It's for the kingdom of God. It's for the kingdom of God. I want this church to be debt-free. Uh, I want this school to be debt-free. I want to be debt-free at home. I want us to be debt-free so that we can give it away, so that we can help people. I am asking, and this is something that I didn't get a chance to tell Les, but Les, when we take the offering today, before you, before you even write down a number, count the money and take 10% of it and put it off to the side, okay? And we'll lock it up. We'll put it somewhere if a church doesn't tithe, how do we expect to be blessed? 
It's a spiritual law if the church does it tight. Now, I'm telling you, when a, when a bunch of people left our church, it, I mean, it hit us hard financially, and we tanked. And I'm telling you what, uh, I, I thought some of the prophecies and what some of the people were saying, you know, he's going broke, he's this, he's full of this, all this kind of stuff. I, I thought, well, you know, they're, they're playing it right. And that's the truth. I guess we are, we're just not going to make it. But let me tell you something. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. Because I told you we'd stay as long as the money was here. You say, well, what do you mean we'd stay as long as the money? As long as we could pay our bills. And God has been faithful. But you know why we need to tithe? Because we got to give back to the community. We got to give back to the community. I'm having lunch with Barb on Wednesday, and Barb's telling me a vision that God's given her. And I'm, and I'm just going to think, It's going to cost. But the souls and the people that can be reached. I went to South America one time and I didn't have all the money. I raised money and raised money and raised money and I didn't have all the money. And when I came home, I still didn't have all the money. And bless people's hearts, they gave like they could. And they they just blessed us and they blessed us. And and it still, it was $1,000 short. $1,000 out of my pocket. And when I got home and I went through our mail, there was a check from Polka Baptist Church where Jim Butcher, tall guy, he's been here to speak, they gave us $1,000. God's faithful. God's faithful. God's faithful. But you know how he's faithful? Because you're faithful. Because you're faithful. And God will bless you. God will bless you. Church, I just threw this out here. I'm not, I'm not on a campaign of trying to raise money. But what, I, what I'm trying to do is to teach you that five, $500, 10%, that's $50. If you give a little extra, if you just give 11%, or if you give 12%, and then God, well, God will bless you to where it will become that you don't even miss that. And how does he do it? I don't know. I don't know. That's his job. I don't know how he does it. But I just know he does. And I know he's faithful. I know he's faithful. I hope I haven't bored you today, but this to me is one of the greatest messages that I, that I think you could ever preach. You know, let me give you one final scripture and I'll quit. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 and 7, it says this. It says, but this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So let me ask you something. Can you trust God with your salvation? Then you should be able to trust him with your checkbook. Should be able to check him. You should be able to trust him. Because guess what? He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. If you, if you give sparingly, then he's going to what? Reap sparingly. That means... Pardon my grammar, I've said ain't quite a bit today, but you ain't going to get much. But if you reap, but if you give bountifully, that's what the Word of God says, it's not my word. If you give bountifully, then you shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not begrudgingly or of necessity, For God loves a cheerful giver. It looks like sometimes, not here, 
because I really can't see you when the offering's taken because I'm, I'm busy playing something. <coughs> but I've seen people that look like they've been baptized in lemon juice when the offering is taken. We should be happy. Here's verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That's a promise. If you're stingy with God, let me just sum it all up. If you're stingy with God, he's going to be stingy with you. Is that the way you look at it? That's the way I look at it. But then he also says, if I, if I am bountiful to God and I give what I'm supposed to give and then some, because you have a tithe and an offering, then what he's saying is I'm going to be bountiful for you. Lord, I, I want to be bountiful to you. I want to give. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. Tori, what does all mean? All. I always tell Tori, she laughs at me. All means all. May abound in every good work. Is this a good work here at the Pulse Church? You wouldn't be here if you didn't think so. It's a good work. Anytime you want to see the financial statement of the church, just ask. We can get you that. I should probably get you one anyway. Well, let me tell you something. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. We're, we're skating by. But you know what? I can't ask you to give if our church isn't giving. So we're going back to that. We're going back to giving. So I encourage you to pray about the finances of your life. Where are you financially? And then I want to ask you to ask God what he is saying to you that you need to start giving to this church. You may be a first-time tither and you've never given. Then it's time for you to do that so that you can get the blessings. And God can bless you. He's faithful. I hope I didn't offend anybody preaching on money. I very seldom ever do. I hardly ever do that. Yes. You give 10% and you got 30% back in scholarship and grants. That's just because you're good looking, isn't it? It's because of God, isn't it? Praise God, isn't that great? Isn't that great? You know, God makes things affordable. <laughs> he can make things affordable. If your neighbor has it, go get it. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> it's like, God, bless me. Anybody else where God's done something big for you? Satan wants to cause you to suffer so much financially. And to get you to a place where you can't give. But let me tell you something. God's bigger than your checkbook. He's bigger than any devil, any demon. He's bigger than that. And he can bless you. Now it's time to take an offering. You wonder why I waited? <laughs> because God wants to bless you. And he wants to bless this church. And he wants to bless you. And the person that I gave $30 to, 
This past week, I had them counted out. I said, now what is 10% of $30? Y'all want to help me? $3. So guess what? $3 is going into the offering today. That person got blessed with $30. I got blessed because I gave. And the church, get, you see how it works? You see how it works? It's like that person got blessed. I'm going to get blessed. I already got blessed. I got a phone call on the way home. Uh, I'll give you this example. I, I, got a, I got a phone call on the way home from, uh, from church that night. Hey, can you help me with the delivery tomorrow? This was after I gave 30 bucks. I said, yes, it got paid 40. God's faithful. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. What the word of God says is that you would rebuke the devourer from me and, and the church. And Father, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we give as it should be given. Abundantly, Lord, and I thank you that you've blessed us abundantly, Lord, and I pray that you help us to give. You help us to give so that we can give back to the kingdom of God. So that souls can be saved in Gassaway, West Virginia. So that people can be helped, lead us, guide us, and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. You pray about this, okay? I'm not saying you've got to give 12% right now. I'm saying give of your offering. Give what God is speaking to you about. And you pray about what God. But I'm telling you, if you give, he's going to bless you. Amen? Andy, play something if you could. Hallelujah. One minister said, and I believe this, one minister said, you need to tell your offering where it's going. You tell your offering where it's going. It's like, God, God I'm believing and I'm giving. You say, well, preacher, where is yours? I give online. It's easy. I, I, I give online and, and it's, it's done. It's already in the account. A thousand stories of what they yes. seems your life, but I've heard the tender whisper of love. So whatever is in the offering today, which I don't know what's there, Les is going to take 10%. Don't even count it into the, into the play of things. Right off, right off the top and then count all the rest of it as, in, as income for the church. Because you're a good, good father. It's who good you father. Are. Let's just listen to that. Worship him. Oh, isn't he good? Isn't he a great God? Give yourself out of debt, and God will bless you in return. We want to bless the fathers today, um, and we're really excited about um, God is in candy. I mean, God is really in candy, you know, and I appreciate it so much. I, I want to have a If you are a father, we want to bless you in the name of Jesus. It's a simple thing, simple gift. It's not much, but we just want to bless you. Uh, for being a, a great father and a great example it's to your children you in Jesus' name. It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
Busy week at the Pulse. Bible school starts tomorrow. All right, Bible school starts tomorrow. Where is Megan? Is she? Can, can somebody get Megan? Because I need her in here. Uh, I know we got to go, but I want to just. We got a couple things that uh, we've got to find out, and we got to see where everybody. This thing here hurt my finger one day when I took it loose. We have Bible school that begins tomorrow. We are teaming. There is, a, there is a team of missionaries that are coming from a different state to hold Bible school. They're going out tonight within the community to invite people, to invite kids to Bible school. It starts at 9 a.m. in the morning and runs till noon, and it's Monday through Thursday. We have to clear the stage before we go today for them to get ready. I do not know what time they are going to be in town today. Um, to come in and start setting up. I just don't know. I haven't heard yet. Um, Pastor Aaron is, is going to get me details on that. <clears throat> but anyway, Megan, uh, you and Kelly, come here if you could. Um, we're, we're really busy at the Pulse. We've got a lot going on. We, we have, um, you know, the Damascus uh, Road has, has kicked off. Um, There's on, no room uh, for Friday error nights when you perform surgery um, with 3D imaging. And, and so surgeons Ricky will get the precision. They- wonderful video. Uh, that we shot on Friday with them. Um, then uh, we've got Gasaway Days that is coming up at the end of the month. Now we uh, we are have been invited to to be the uh, to sing on that Thursday uh, at Gasaway Days. And then on Friday night, uh, Richie has asked that we have somebody, uh, being Ricky and Kara, people for the Pulse Church, to come on Friday night and talk while in prime time and talk about the road to Damascus, which is really cool that we have that platform to be able to do that. Now, on Saturday, we have what we call, those that are new with us, we've done it ever since we've been here, uh, we have a thing called the cool zone. After the parade, we give away snow cones downstairs and sweet beets. Our basement is called sweet beets. That's where, um, that's where the food and all that and and crazy quilters they go down there and we have classes down there too sometimes Uh, but anyway that is on that Saturday it's at the end of the month of June and so we are wanting to do the parade the parade is that Saturday what is the date on that do we have a date for that Andy last Saturday of the month 29th okay on the 29th um, we are wanting to do a theme of Legos. This theme of Legos, it's, uh, what was the theme? It's uh, building, building our community one block at a time or one 
One piece, yeah, piece by piece. I didn't have it in front of me. Uh, building our community piece by piece and, and doing that with Legos. Uh, and so what we're going to do is paint boxes and put the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, love, you know, long-suffering, that kind of thing, because that's what helps build a community is all those things. Um, but three or four of us can't do it. And I know we're a small church. I know we're small. And, and we've got to decide whether we're even going to do the parade or not. I think it would be great if we could do the parade. But how many, what's that date, Andy? 29th. And we have to have a work day, like, before that, you know, to get ready for it. This coming week, as busy as the church is for this week, I mean, we're busy. We got stuff going. So, so here's the thing. How many people can come for a work day to get ready for the, the, the uh, parade? And then how many people can participate in the parade on that day? I'll take it. At least four. That's Saturday, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure Dad would help. Where's he? Yeah. 